friends. It's a blessing to share with you on Soul Talks. We're Bill and Christy Galtier, psychotherapists and the founders of Soul Shepherding. Keep your soul diligently, we read in the Bible. That's because being renewed in God is the source of our love, joy, peace, and power. Our prayer is to further your discipleship to the Lord Jesus and your ministry to others. Well, on Soul Talks today, Bill, you are going to read the Valentine's gift that you wrote for Jesus 10 years ago. Hard to believe it was 10 years ago. I wrote a love letter to Jesus. That was after reading from Thomas A. Kempis in The Imitation of Christ and one of his chapters called A Familiar Converse with Jesus, and it inspired me, and I paraphrased it as a love letter to our Lord and Savior. Well, and it's been a real gift to many of us, too, to help us to really ignite the fire of love in our hearts for the Lord. Yeah, I got that inspiration from Ray Ortland Sr. in my meetings with him. And he just really encouraged me, Bill, let your heart for Jesus hang out. Don't be bashful. Just be enthusiastic and affectionate and adoring in your love for him. And don't worry about what people think. And that's the way Ray was with me and with everybody he knew. And and it's served me well. Yes. Well, thank you for continuing that. It's been a real blessing to me and to others as well. And I'm excited that now we get to offer this to our friends, Soul Talk with Jesus. Yeah, friends, I hope that this will minister to you and bless you as we just cultivate a heart for Jesus. Dear Jesus, when you are present to me, all is good and nothing seems difficult. But when I forget you, all is hard and empty. Jesus, your voice to me is the most precious sound in existence. If I don't hear you speaking inside my soul, All other comfort is worth nothing. But if you speak but one word to me, I am greatly comforted. I recall that Mary rose immediately from the place where she wept when Martha said to her, The Master has come, and he calls for you. Yes, what a happy moment it is, no matter how difficult my situation might be, when you call for me. Oh, how foolish I am. When I go into any circumstance without having you on my mind, Jesus, what vanity for me to desire anything outside of you. The world without you profits me nothing. To be without you is grievous hell. And to be with you, Jesus, is sweet paradise. When you're with me, no enemy can hurt me. To find you is to find the real treasure, the good above all good and to become the richest person on earth. But to lose you is to lose more than the whole world and to be left in abject poverty. Oh, Jesus, it is the greatest skill to know how to hold familiar conversation with you. Lord, teach me this skill. Oh, to know how to keep you in my consciousness at all times. This is the greatest wisdom. Please, dear Lord. Tune my heart to your presence with me at all times. If only I would be humble and peaceable, then Jesus, you'll remain with me. If only I would be devout and quiet, then you'll stay within me. But I fear that I may soon drive you away, Jesus, that I'll turn to outward things, 
and lose the favor of your presence, of sensing it and appreciating your presence. If I turn from you and lose you, Jesus, where will I go? Who else can I turn to as my friend? And without a friend, I cannot live well. And Jesus, you are above all a friend to me, my one sole friend. And without you beside me, I'd be sad and desolate. You are the one, Jesus, who I trust and rejoice in above all others. I'd rather have the whole world against me than to have you offended with me. Among all those who are dear to me, you stand out, Lord Jesus. You are the one that I especially love. Jesus, I love all people for you, but I love you for yourself. You are the Christ, the unique Son of God, and you are singularly my beloved. You are good and faithful above all friends. For you and in you, I let my friends and my foes be dear to me and pray that they would come to know and love you. I don't desire to be singularly commended or beloved, for that position belongs to you only, Jesus. You are God, and there is no one like you. Neither do I desire that the heart of any person would be set on me, nor do I set my heart on the love of anyone. Jesus, my one consuming desire is that you would be in me, and in every person who calls on you. Yes, Lord Jesus, I long to be pure and free within, devoted entirely to you, and not entangled with any creature. Help me to carry my heart pure toward you so that I can be free from all worldliness and can see clearly how good and beautiful you are Oh, to be drawn by your embrace, to see your glory, to attain to that heavenly happiness, to be emptied of all but you, to take leave of all but your kingdom, to be with you alone, Jesus, and to be made one with you. Lord Jesus Christ, when your grace comes to me, I am made strong and able for all things. But without your grace, I am poor and weak, and the best I can hope for is your discipline to reawaken me, to again seek your face. And when I do need to be disciplined by you, please, Lord, help me not to be discouraged, but to stand with my thoughts fixed on you, enduring whatever hardship comes upon me for your glory. Jesus, you know that I want always to be in the springtime of enjoying your love, But sometimes I need the winter season. Sovereign Lord, you have ordained the seasons, including those that don't feel good. And I love you for this too. Help me remember that after winter comes spring. After night comes day. After the storm comes a great calm. More than that, help me to trust that all seasons are good when I live them with you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You are the best friend I could have. Love, Bill. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. How I long to be able to have all of those prayers be true from my heart to Jesus. Me too. And just because they aren't always 100% 
authentically true for me doesn't mean I go into shame or just ignore them, but it helps me to continue to pray them with that intention that I really want this to be true of my love for Jesus. That's so good, Christy, because I know that some of our listeners hearing this are like, whoa, that's intense devotion. I don't know that I feel that way. I don't know that I'm like that. I don't know that I could be. And it's like, well, that's why we pray this. That's why we read something like The Imitation of Christ or other of the classic devotional books. That's why we have soul talks in which we enthrall our minds with Jesus and the Father and the Spirit, is that we might be more inhabited by his presence and praise him more fully from our hearts. And of course, we, you know, we go in and out of this. I, of course, lapse in my devotion, but that's why we have these reminders. Yeah, because when we when we pray this, it helps us to realize this really is the highest and best love. Nothing, mm-hmm. be, nothing compares, but we get so disoriented and so deceived and so distracted in life. Yeah, we don't hear what we're talking about here. It's not something we hear very often in our culture and maybe even from other Christians that we know. We've become very content with mediocrity and lukewarmness in our life of spirituality. And so, yeah, this sort of heart-throbbing, yearning affection and honoring for Jesus is uh, something that we need to lean into. We need to cultivate it and to just really uh, stretch ourselves because at first it it feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But the more that we would meditate on the beauty of the Lord and get around people who have a, a warm heart for God, it begins to rub off on us. So how do you keep from going into shame or discouragement when you find yourself forgetting this or not living into it? Well, honey, as you know, sometimes I do go into discouragement and self-condemnation, and I need you or another friend to listen to me and pray for me. And how do you not feel like you're faking it when you pray these sincere words of devotion to God at a time when maybe you're not feeling it. Yeah, well, I think there is always within me and uh, all of us a mixture of sincerity and insincerity, love and lack of love. You know, we're just not going to reach total purity of devotion to God in this life. Only Jesus did that in, in an earthly body. But as you are writing this, you're seeing the vision of this reality of Christ. You're enthralling your mind with him, and you're, you're pointing your heart towards this. Exactly, and that's really what this is about. That's my heart for all of our listeners. This, I believe, is just the most important thing that I have to share with people. I mean, it is the main thing. And when I was writing the study Bibles for our kids that you helped me with and, you know, making notes and prayers on every page of the Bible, you know, for each of our children, giving them a Bible, for every scripture that was a a scripture that was cultivating this sort of heartfelt devotion for God, I put a big number one by the scripture passage. One thing. Mm -hmm. I want to be someone that lives for one thing. And I want people to hear that from me and see that in me when they look at my life and to be encouraged to take heart because when this is is a vision of what's possible Mm -hmm. and for me it's exciting that i can grow today 
to be more devoted and more earnest in worshiping God and loving the Father and the Son and the Spirit and the people around me for his sake, I could maybe do that better today than I did yesterday. And of course, lots of days I don't. But to have the vision of that this life is possible, God loves me that much and he's right here and he's helping me and he's so beautiful and so wonderful. And I don't care what people think if they think I'm too affectionate or a little sad. Well, sometimes I do care, but I, I try not to. And I press in closer to Jesus because all the good stuff is happening around the risen Christ. And he's at work all around me and he's radiating in glory. And so, I, you know, we forget this, but mm-hmm. it informs, for me, it informs everything I do. And it's been a, a lifetime process and I'm still on a journey with it. But uh, for instance, it's, it's changed how I function as a psychologist and as a counselor when I meet with people. And so I, I really seek to listen to people with Jesus. And I continually shoot up little prayers as I listen to people because Christ is in the room. He's in my heart and he's in the heart of the person I'm listening to and he's between us. And so I want that to warm us and connect us. And so I was talking to um, someone the other day who's a, a yoga teacher and the um, yoga classes are sort of the new churches in our culture. Mm-hmm. It's where people go for spirituality. And it seems yes. like there's a lot more people going for yoga than going to uh, Bible churches today. And so, I mean, that's a sad thing, um, but yoga is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. A lot of Christians uh, teach yoga, participate in yoga. Mm-hmm. And you can, uh, I mean, some of the philosophies that you get in some situations are not totally consistent with scripture, but you can pray while you do that. You can meditate on scripture and it's uh, good to relax your body and to meditate and the, you know, the poses and the exercises, you know, it's good. Uh, so, you know, we were talking about this and I was letting him know that, well, have you thought about that as you're leading these these classes, that you're an assistant to Jesus, and he's the master yogi. Mm-hmm. That's right. And he loved that thought. Yeah. He hadn't thought about that. And so we did a meditation with Jesus on the mat, shining in glory, in heart ablaze, mm-hmm. warming everybody there. And that as he's going through, he's leading and you know using the music and the meditations and then the breathing and, and the different poses that he's not trying to make anything happen. The pressure's not on him. He's assisting Jesus and he's trusting the Lord Jesus to touch each person with his love and his peace. Even though he's, he's in a secular context where mm-hmm. he can't talk about Jesus, but he can be prayerful and he can minister the love of Christ. And so that put him at ease. Yeah. He was really excited to go teach his next class, but do it in, in that mode of being Jesus' apprentice. Well, that's all based on enthralling our minds and our hearts with the presence of the glorious risen Christ. We really need that. When we're excited about something, we share it with people and it gets them excited. And it's the same when we get excited about who Jesus really is and we share it, it, it helps others. So when you share this, it helps me get excited and recognize, wow. And I think... When I think about, oh, but this isn't fully 100% true, these words from my heart, I think of Jesus and his words to the man who he said, you know, do you believe? And the man had the faith to say, I believe, but help my unbelief. Mm. So I pray this prayer that you've written, you know, I believe this Jesus, but help my unbelief. That's in the right. area I love, but help my unlove <laughs> to mm-hmm. love you more, to to worship you more, to orient my whole life around you. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus, we do pray that our listeners would continue 
to cultivate their hearts more and more to be devoted and enthralled with you. be doing a special series of soul talks just before Ash Wednesday to foster your intimacy with Jesus. We're going to be talking about Jesus's cross journey and how it relates to your daily lives and ministries. How will you react as you're drawn up close and personal to Jesus in his last days? We've led hundreds of people on this journey. Some of you may cry healing tears. Others may fall to their knees in prayer. Or lift your arms with thankfulness and joy for Jesus. Everyone will find fresh hope and guidance for daily life. This series is based on Bill's new booklet, Unforsaken, with Jesus on the Stations of the Cross. It's only $10. The chapters are very short and engaging. You can order it on soulshepherding.org or Amazon. 